You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocalist of Cryptopsy, and you listen to my podcast, Vox and Hops, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians to talk about their lives, music, and craft beer. I hope that you have had a great weekend. I have most certainly had a great weekend. It is always nice to kick back, to relax a little bit, to hang out with the family, crack open some craft beers, and just simply enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. It's, it's really the best motto, and I suggest that all of you try to take some time and to do that as well. On today's episode, I'm with Frederick Soderberry, the vocalist of Surreption. Here it is, Vox and Hops, episode number 141. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everyone? Today I'm with Frederick Soderberry from Surreption, and I am so happy to be back with you. Uh, we have tried to do this many, many times, but uh, as we're going to touch on during the interview, if you allow me, uh, there's been many circumstances that have kept us apart. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I am a very circumstantial man. <laughs> In a circumstantial man. <laughs> how are you? Uh, how are you handling everything related to COVID-19? Uh, well, I'm 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 fine. I'm I'm having a. I think I've ha- had a bit of a flu for a couple of weeks. I don't know if it's like the COVID flu or, or anything, but you know, um, and I think I'm handling quite well. I've been I've been working at home for like three weeks now, but uh, I mean I'm I I, I kind of I'm not out that much anyhow. I mean <laughs> I I kind of thrive in this environment. Um, I mean, I have a lot, lot of things to do. I write some music. I play some computer games, and uh, well, I work. So I'm, I'm keep myself busy, you know. Um, so I think it's, it's okay. But I think the, uh, the whole COVID thing for the world is quite shitty because everything is going down the drain, especially for us musicians. I mean, nothing is happening, and it's just, uh, just a mess. It's 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 difficult. Uh, we're we're just watching everything get canceled and just getting farther and farther into 2021. Yeah. And, and realistically, I don't see shows happening in 2021. No. Personally, that's that's my outlook on it. The thing is, if if we listen to like the the people who actually know stuff, I mean, to the professionals and scientists and stuff, they are. What I'm hearing, at least, is that. Uh, yeah, we will get to like a point where things are starting to look a bit more normal, but traveling the world will not be normal for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, that's at least what they're saying. I mean, it, it can be hard getting visas and stuff now, or well before the corona, as, as we probably will talk about later. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I mean, after the corona crisis, I mean, shit. Yeah. It's okay. We're going to get through it. <laughs> yeah. We met uh, back in 2015. Uh, is that the right year? Yeah. It was Cryptopsy, uh, Discord, Surreption, Arama, and the Convalescence. Yeah. And uh, that was a fun tour, and it was good to have you guys there. On the bus, uh, we had a, a few party nights. So you, you woke up to me falling out of my bunk, which is actually <laughs> the only time that's ever happened to me because I've never taken a top bunk ever again <laughs> since that tour. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't it that the rainy night in Texas where it was like the lightning? 
yes. licensed thingies. Yeah. We were supposed to play at the Gas Monkey Bar and Grill, which is actually one of my favorite venues to play because it yeah. feels like a little mini European festival playing outside. But we didn't get to play because it's outside and a crazy lightning storm happened that night. The show got canceled. So what did we do? Like good musicians, we went to Vinnie Paul's, rest in peace, uh, strip club. And we had too much fun. That, 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 was, that was a good night. Yeah, I, I didn't have that much fun because I wasn't there. <laughs> I was in the bus. <laughs> you always um, behaved yourself, Fredrik. Well, I'm, I'm a very well-behaved person, but I don't think that was the reason. It's just that for some reason, um, lightning and stuff has always spooked me a bit. And I mean, the, the amount of lightning there was, uh, I've never seen anything like it. I, don't, I think, but wasn't it like... 2,000 lightning strikes on an hour, I think, each hour yeah, or something. I, I remember being insane. I remember t- I taking a nap before the show and it, just hearing the rain just pummeling. Yeah. Pummeling the bus. I vivid memories of that. <laughs> I, I, rem- I remember that oh, that night. I mean, we were sitting. It was me or I think two or three other people. And we were just watching the lightning and it was fucking everywhere. But we thought, like, well, if there's somewhere we should be, it's in a bus because, you know, of the tires and stuff. Mm-hmm. So even, yeah, yeah, it was a safe place. Anyhow. Vox and Hops is all about hanging out with uh, metal friends, talking about their lives, music and craft beer. Do you have a beer on your side? And if you do, what is it? I have a beer. I have a beer from a local company called the Noisy Bastard Brewing Company. Uh, it's two friends from, of mine who, who does beer, and they have started, like, trying to get the beer out to to stores and stuff uh what i'm drinking is actually an imperial stout with some a licorice flavored 13 percent. it's called the pongo pow Ooh. Uh, really nice actually that's awesome that's i've awesome. already had had one and i will have one another now <laughs> we're talking beautiful beautiful i like being a good influence on people uh for my side i am drinking a lighter beer because uh you are in sweden i am in montreal it is nighttime for you, so you're allowed a stout, and I'm in the middle of the afternoon, and I still got two kids to play with. I am drinking the perfect beer for that from my friend, uh, also J.F. Lejancy. Huge shout-out, who hooked me up with some brews so that I can do some interviews from my house. This is Echo Session Ales Session Russe Double Robios. I never know if I'm saying that right. It's 3.7%. It is uh, quite a delicious brew. Let's crack it open, and cheers. Cheers. Well, this is great. Is it the licorice in it, or yeah. is it just has licorice-like flavors? It, it has licorice flavors, and it's actually licorice powder in it. So Cool. I've, not, I've yeah. never heard of that in a beer. It's it's real nice, actually. I think just for dark beers, that's you need to go with that kind that type of flavor. I've, I've tried like an, like an ale that was more, I think it was chocolate in it or something, that should be should be really bad when you think about it. But it, it's, it's also kind of nice. You know, when you just have that, that that small tint of it, where it doesn't like take over the whole beer flavor. Oh, it's real nice. I really like the the, the, the darker uh, kinds of beer. I do as well, very very much so. On my side, it's a uh, very drinkable, very smooth. I normally don't like session beers because I find that they taste light, they taste watery. But Echo Session Ales. I don't know what JF does with these. He makes them feel and taste like real beers. And this one has a nice little hoppy bite. It's got like a, I guess it's the tea in it, but that's actually makes it a little bit more bitter. It's, it's absolutely delicious. Well, that's the thing, like when you're, when you're around a bit, that you, you're able to, I mean, I, I never drink a lot when I'm out touring and stuff because I, I want to be 
you know, clear. I don't want to be hang, hung over and just feeling bad. Uh, but I'm usually I'm drinking like one or two beers a night. But then I always try to drink something that's that's actually good instead. Uh, you know, something local, something uh, a bit more special. And that's I kind of miss that. That's one of the the thing I miss most about touring. You know, the the different all the different things you you be able to try just because you're around. Absolutely. When you're when you're home like this, I mean, you you, you just you do the same things all the time. That is true. I'm lucky here in Quebec that the craft brew scene is just so vibrant that there's always something new to try. Yeah. Although to get it right now is a bit of a challenge. There's a bunch of craft beer stores that do deliver. I don't like going into stores personally. It's it's I don't know what it's like in Sweden, but here it's madness and I, I don't feel comfortable in the situations that, that going into a grocery store entails nowadays. No, I mean, in, in Sweden, it's, well, sometimes I feel like people have, have really understood what they're supposed to do. You know, keep exactly. your distance, don't fucking cough, just cover it up a bit if you need to cough or whatever, and stay home if if you're sick or anything, but... Sometimes it feels like there are, you know, it's enough for just one or two persons who feel like, well, I don't believe in that. And then they're just marching on doing their own thing. And it feels really disrespectful in a way. Um, I mean, in Sweden, we haven't, we don't have that much uh, restrictions actually during this crisis. And I mean, we, Sweden has taken a lot of shit for it globally because they are handling it this way uh, but what we have what we've had is that our government has gone out and giving have been given like advice like this is how you should treat this and this is what you should do um, and some people are are like handling it like they shouldn't and then there are those people who just don't give a fuck of course there's always those people huh? <laughs> don't give a fuck yeah Sur- survival of the fittest i hope yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> take me back to your youth yeah when you were growing up as a child what music was playing in your house when you were not in control of the radio um well if we, we can t- i was kind of young and i think this was 91 no what how old was i then maybe i must have been uh, seven or eight or something like that um then I actually started to listen to a, a Swedish band called Clawfinger, and I think that was like the the, the start of what I'm, the my like my musical awakening, because then it was it was when I started to listen to a, a bit of harder music because because before that it was more like you know Disney stuff and things you just you don't I don't know the things I had on CD but then I got that Clawfinger CD I think it was maybe 92 uh, and that really changed a lot for me because after them uh, it was more I, I was going into like I remember was it maybe 94 or something it was corn and you know I I skipped the whole metal thing you know people I know friends they were into like Iron Maiden and uh, Black Sabbath and all that kinds of stuff and I just I surpassed all that and just went in like kind of with the new metal, the new metal scene when they started. And then I like a bit later, maybe 98, 99, something I branched out more to the death metal scene. I was a huge, huge new metal child. Yeah. I've said it on the podcast before and I'm not ashamed. And I, I, I still go back to some of those CDs. Some of them have aged well. Others not so well. I mean, my favorite records are still in that new metal, new metal, uh, you know, cauldron of things. Where, you know, 
it, it's new metal is a hard it's a hard genre, I think, because nothing sounds the same, even though they kind of do, in a way. Um, so it, it's it's always been hard for me. I've always called it like back in the days. I called it metalcore because I think that was more kind of what it was than new metal. I think that was weird, but um, I mean. The, to to be frank, the two CDs, the, or maybe the three CDs that meant the most for me in my my upbringing, it was Life Is Peachy by Corn, it was LD Fifty by Mudvayne, and it was well Slipknot's first album. I agree with that, and they have all aged very well. Those albums, yeah. So, and I mean, I still think they are good. I still play them, but I mean, you the older you get, the more you refine your music. I mean, I have loads of albums I, I really love and. And uh, I go, so to be able to go back to those albums, I think is really, uh, I still do, and I, and I still love to listen to them. I remember the first time I heard Dig from yeah. Mudvayne and thinking, how is this possible? How can he scream like that? <laughs> I could never do that. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, look where it got you. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Same thing with Slipknot, that first Slipknot record, just so aggressive yeah he sounds pissed off there's no faking it there <laughs> now, I, I mean that's kind of i think both the mudvayne record and the slipknot record what they actually still well the corn record as well what they still bring to the table is, is the emotion mm-hmm. i mean both you and me are, are a lot in, in in death metal and 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 you know that that genre and of course there's a lot of emotion in death metal but it's not in the same way. I mean, you, you, you play more with with power and aggressiveness. But, you know, the the thing when you when you tone it down a bit and you go down to those kinds of records, you have a more you have a broader field where you can play with different kinds of emotions. And I think that's maybe what what actually made me made me like them in the first place. They're almost like vulnerable, which is yeah. something that us death metal vocalists are not allowed to be. No, no. <laughs> and, and, and I kind of get it. Why? Because it, it should it looks kind of weird, I, I guess, in a way. Maybe that's what I brought on the Unspoken King that no one liked. <laughs> <laughs> well, th- that's actually the thing. I like that record. <laughs> I do. Um, I listened to that, and I, of course, I thought when I heard it, I was like, well, that was kind of different because at that time I listened a lot to, to Cryptopsy, uh, uh, Whisper Supremacy, which I love, and also, um, and then you'll beg. And that rec- then that record came, and I was like, "Well, that's, this is different." And then I listened to it, and I was like, oh, "Yeah, I like it. I like the that there was uh, a bit of clean vocals in it, and all that kind of stuff." But I mean, to each his own. I think I think you guys <laughs> took a lot of unnecessary crap for that record because it was a good album. Uh, it was different. It was different, and probably I've spoken about it on the podcast before. It's it's so fragmented the writing sessions for that were yeah. all over the place there was no one driving the ship it was anyways yeah now, nowadays we know what we're doing but but everybody's using clean vocals now yeah i got a lot of flack for it 12 years ago yeah. and and a lot of our favorite metal artists right now are using clean vocals so yeah maybe i was just too early <laughs> uh, when did you start screaming and why did you start screaming uh, i actually start, started screaming when i i was like rehearsing with a band and i was playing bass Mm-hmm. And we had uh, a guy coming in, and he was supposed to be the vocalist. Uh, and it was kind of a weird. It was just like an Iron Maiden cover band. I, as I said before, I wasn't listening to Iron Maiden. I just wanted to play some bass. So that was that was kind of where I was. Um, uh, so this guy came in, and he was supposed to sing, and he didn't. Well, he tried. He just he came like one 
one word into each song and it was false and it was just weird uh, and when when he was trying to learn the lyrics uh, me and I mean uh, in the drummer th- I think started just playing and I was yell- yelling some and I thought like well this is kind of fun in my it been the back of my mind when I was just yelling into the mic um and as time passed I actually started to yell <laughs> I was starting to scream to the Iron Maiden songs as the vocalist instead uh and it was awful probably <laughs> awful um but it was it was the start at least um and after that I started to play when I like hit I, I mean it was kind of, I think it's high school if we talk about like in the American system at least uh we don't call it high school in Sweden, of course, but it was kind of that, you know, that age. Um, and then I started to play in, in a more like a metal core or new metal band. And th- that was when I I actually started to, to find my voice. Because at the start, I I actually just yelled and it sounded awful, as well, um, just as it did before. Um, but at, at one point, I just found this low register and I didn't know what growl was then. I didn't know it was a thing. So I invented growl for myself at that point. <laughs> uh, and I realized, like, well, maybe a year later after I started to use it, that, oh, there are there are other bands, like, using the same technique. I can listen to them and get better. And that was what I did. I started to listen to, uh, I think, the band that I listened to the most to be, to be able to get, like, a good flow and, and the, the chops up. It was uh, Spawn of Possession. Yeah, 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 great vocalist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that makes a lot of sense now too. But now that you yeah, that, yeah. Uh, and I, I, I was, I was, I don't know. I, I, I rehearsed that Church of Deviant song for myself. I don't know how many times, so I actually know it by heart now, and it's kind of funny. Um, but it's, uh, I know the whole Cabinet album is is just great, and I, I really, really used that when I realized that I. I actually couldn't find someone who did the same thing as me because I didn't. I just thought that, well, this is my way of screaming. I was I was that full of myself that I, I invented something. But um, yeah, that's good though. Though it's uh, any young aspiring extreme vocalist out there, the first step to becoming a better vocalist is accepting the sound of your voice. Yeah. Which is exactly what you you did. You you invented it in your mind, but <laughs> you, yeah. you, you couldn't sound like Jonathan Davis because that's not your voice. Yeah, and you decided to do something that you were good at, and that was the sound of your voice. And having toured with you, you're you're one of the most proficient every night, super professional, always on point vocalist that I've ever toured with. You you mentioned before that you you don't like being hungover. You want everything is before the performance. Yeah. And I remember that tour being just like very impressed with your work ethic. Yeah. We discussed it a bit while whilst on tour and you said that being from Sweden that sort of motivated you because there's just growing up in that scene there's a lot of elitists. Yeah. Is what you had told me. Let's touch on that a bit. Well, I I mean Sweden is a metal country. Um and I remember from the start with Surreption at least uh, I think that a lot of people didn't think we could pull it off because it was so, uh, f- for Sweden at least, it was so extreme. Um, and and ev- like since then, we've always been like, well, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it at 100%. We can't do go up on stage and do the songs poorly. So that's been like a motivating factor that when we do this, we're going to do it good. I mean, there are 
almost <laughs> I think almost every gig we're talking to each other afterwards like how did it feel and it was like oh sometimes it's like good but often it's like well not good I fucked up and then when you talk to people like who actually listened to the gig and they were like it was it was flawless and we were like well okay <laughs> you're not listening through my ears yeah. <laughs> no exactly and, and I mean that that's also a lesson in itself I mean you're always going to be a greatest critic um and I think if if not for everyone else, at least for myself, uh, I try to be the best I can be at that point, at least. And to be that, I need to know um, where my like, you know, where, where where it's hard for me to perform. And I realized that quite early. Well, like when I have, when I've dr- taken one beer before a gig, I get all this uh, dryness in my throat. And it becomes way harder to do what I'm supposed to do just then, uh, at that point. Uh, so I'm just like, well, I can I can drink other things before gig, and I can take a few beers afterwards because usually, for me, anyhow, like one or two beers, that's the, the best beers <laughs> of the evening. You're, you're um, probably right with that. Yeah, uh, all the beers after they the beers itself are that good after one or two, but. Well, it's it's fun to be drunk, I guess, as, as well. That's why you do it. But some people do. <laughs> some people do. Yeah, yeah. I'm generalizing. Uh, yeah. But your whole band on that tour were very dedicated and straight. It was fun. I remember yeah. Tony. Tony had one night where he partied with us. Yeah. <laughs> and that was an epic, great night with flow DJing and a bunch yeah. of '80s tunes and sing-alongs. We, I think, we were 18 people on that bus. It was. It yeah, was it was. It was crowded. <laughs> But I, it was for for us that tour was so so good because uh, it was I think it was our first U.S. tour uh, and it was one of our first like bigger tours and it was probably the biggest tour we have done at that point uh, and I mean the you guys and also Discord who shared the bus uh, you all were so uh, including and it was so it was so easy for us just to be a part of that crowd of people. Because even though we are maybe not like the <laughs> the greatest party animals or anything, it was still we still were able to find a place. Oh no, you guys are great, and I, I was super stoked you were on it. I was a fan already, thanks to Dave McGraw through me yeah. on you guys. Yeah, I toured with him back in 2013. Yeah. Shout out to Dave. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Dave is a is a great guy. Let's touch on all the shit that's happened. Yeah. Uh, there's been a lot. I'm sure you've spoken about it before, and you're probably tired of talking about it. But um, there's been so many visa issues. Oh, yeah. <laughs> how How is this happening? And I feel like you're the ultimate victims of this. I, yeah. And I. We, the, this is the thing. We actually haven't talked that much about it. Um, it's just because we don't really know what to say about it. Um, the weird thing with the visa issues is that it seems like it's the first time we had it. It was actually, I think, two. It was the tour with, was it with you guys? Uh, let me try to remember. Uh, we toured with you and then afterwards we toured. No, it was the tour after. Yeah, it was the, after, the ones after because then we toured with Origin uh, and uh, Grisian uh, and, uh, and Aeon and a lot of Yes, big which bands. was blood, bloodletting North America. No, it was the Devastation. The first, yes, yeah. yes, yes. So it was that that one, and then we were going on the Cannibal Corpse tour, and I think it started there because uh, the visa. I think Mike got his visa like maybe 
three or four hours before the plane actually left. I could, the, the amount of stress, like I could just. Uh, <laughs> he he actually went to the post offices and just tried to find someone if they can could find his his <laughs> his visa in like the mail there, and he actually found a well a very nice person who 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 looked and she found it. So he he got it from her, and then he went home and packed, and then we went went like seven in the morning on the flight, and yeah. which was an amazing tour. It was Cannibal Corpse, Cattle Decapitation, and you guys. Yeah, that that was the second one, and that that's, that tour was well. I'm very very glad that we were able to do it. Um, it was was amazing, actually. And then you guys got fucked on, which would have been an amazing tour. It was an amazing tour. And shout out to Visceral Disgorge that got your slot. Yeah, that got your slot. It yeah. was uh, the Frank Retirement Tour North America for Suffocation. That lineup was unbelievable too. I, I mean, that that was probably the biggest. Uh, the biggest letdown for us in in that way because we we really tried. I mean, me and Tony, we, we were we we were supposed to be on Summer Slaughter first, and then we were supposed to go on to the uh, to the Suffocation tour with Cattle Capitation and Suffocation, and yeah. Um, and me and Tony, we were we were we got our visas, so we actually went over. And we 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 got uh, Justin McKinney from the yeah. Zenith Passage. And yeah, shout, shout out to Justin. He's a great yeah, guitar player. Yeah, he's a, he's an amazing guitar player, and he 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 learned he learned the songs. And uh, we were going around with him a bit and had the 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 bass tracked. And uh, yeah, but at one at a certain point, it it became clear that that Michael wasn't getting his visa, um, so. And we were bleeding money at that point because we when when we had people we had Justin we had to pay Justin we had to pay a driver and and everything so we actually just thought like well we we can't continue this and we we just packed our stuff and went home and that visa uh, Michael actually got it no like yeah he got it uh, let's see this must have been in like I think October November or was it August October so in August somewhere we, we did those tours it was it was then we would need the visas and he got them the next year in February I think he got his visa wow what why is it like this well the thing the thing is that we haven't this is why we don't talk about it that much uh, because we don't have an answer because they won't give us one they, the answer we get is that they don't need to give us an answer why it is what is like this, uh, and it's easy for people to when they hear this to think like, like well, maybe some criminal record or something like that. But the weird no thing way. is that no, well, when it's no Michael, you, you would understand that that isn't the case. I just uh, know you guys. You guys are too clean. <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, the thing here is that Michael have actually um, worked like for the state here, so are, are like um, the highest intelligence intelligence agency in Sweden actually has vetted him. And he, he has also sent the papers like, I have nothing, I'm clean, please give me my visa. Uh, but nothing. So I have no idea uh, why this, what it's been like this. Um, so that's the thing. I mean, we really, really, really want to do the tours, um, especially like in the US and stuff. But um, the hard part here is that we, we also need to get the visa to get there. Um and that's the most good thing about, well, we were going to Canada now, because in Canada we don't need the same types of visa. We just need, like, a travel visa, and then we're all set. 
Uh, but then Corona thought, <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. I was stoked. That's, that was a good lineup, too. It was Entios, Surruption, and Archspire. Yeah. I'm forgetting a band. Yeah, it was uh, Wormhole. A wormhole, yes. Yeah, well, I guess hopefully they'll reschedule that for next year and you guys yeah yeah it isn't it isn't cancelled it's just we're trying to reschedule it but that's i mean then we need we all need to like find a a spot for it as well i mean we're back at square one in a way so we really really hope that everything will play out from that tour do you feel like all of your visa issues have affected your band status in the states do you feel like booking agents don't want to book you anymore I have no idea. I mean, uh, let's hope not, but probably. <laughs> uh, that's the, that's the, it's a hard thing because, I mean, we have been with with, with every tour we have done, we've been very straightforward with uh, what we can do and can't do, and what we need and what we uh, to to be able to do the tour. Um, and of course, the visa, the visa issue is. Uh, it's a factor that I guess the the booking agents need to factor in. I don't know. Um, it's a, it's a hard question. I, I can't really answer it. I think. Have you guys gone on the opposite end and toured Europe more? Um, well, the we have toured Europe since then. We were out with um, the Revocation Archbier, and it was us, and it was Rivers of Nile. Yes, that was a great tour. Yes, uh, it, it was an it was a really fun tour as well. So I mean, um, we we did that. The thing the thing people I think overall the the thing people need to understand is that when when things are um, are hard for a band like in this way with the visas and stuff, is that there is a lot of money going out that can't come back in because uh, of unforeseen circumstances like the visa thing. Um, the so merchandise, get, merchandise that you probably ordered, and yeah, and and flights, and you know things that oh, everything. Some of it can be reimbursed, some can't be. So it's uh, it's hard financially. Uh, I mean, we have we have all have day jobs to be able to cover that kind of stuff, um, and uh, I think. I think now with the corona crisis, I mean, a lot of bands talk about how hard it is to make money. And the only reason why why a surruption like as a band aren't suffering in the same way is that we actually have work. Um, and that's the that's the conundrum, I think, of the of the music business now is that in a way you the people want you really to go for it i mean just go out and tour and and do everything like that and, and i mean the money has to come from somewhere and and that year when 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 the visa issues were were most prominent we really did we really we really we really tried i mean we uh, i even i even quit my job i was like oh well fuck this now let's let's do this and then I was sitting there like, "Fuck." <laughs> well, now I don't have a job, and we don't—we aren't touring either. So, well. And you um, just dropped that new record, which is just so fantastic. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, we didn't want anything else than just just show the world the the songs, and well, we are we are playing. I mean, that's everything we wanted. Um, at this point, now we we still want the same thing. It's just that uh, we need to be smart about it. And I think, and I think bands 
overall uh, learned that in one way or another, or just that our lesson was costly. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully the states, uh, the whole visa application thing gets their shit together. Because there's a lot of people in the U.S. The thing is, when you do that U.S. tour, you guys are going to kill it. Yeah, and and I mean, I think there's in a way there's no reason to think now that uh, that it's going to be just as messy one more time. But, but it's still it's everything still needs to be like we're when we're setting up a tour, we just need to know that everything fits. <laughs> It's just so much more important now than it was then, because at that point we didn't know that it could be, it could go this way. It could be this difficult. Let's end on a little positive note. Uh, you mentioned that you don't like being hungover on tour, but when you are hungover, what is your hangover cure? Oh, what's my hangover cure? <laughs> That's the thing. I don't have one. I think I'm just miserable. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, if if I had to choose one, I would probably go with something kind of ordinary, like eating a lot of fat. Um, like um, if if I were at home uh, when I'm hungover, I'd probably try to eat a pizza or something like that. Um, and I try to drink a lot of like water and, and milk and and uh, well, since I get usually get kind of bad headaches as well, I try to take some kind of aspirin or you know something like that just to get the headache away i'm i'm useless at hung uh, to be uh, <laughs> i i shouldn't be hungover that's why i drink a bit less you know because i'm i'm not a nice person when i'm hungover i think i'm kind of nice when i'm not though so that's <laughs> You are absolutely a saint. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fredrik, thank you so much for joining up with me, drinking a craft beer, and hanging out and having a chat. Yeah. I am so stoked. When, uh, I hope that this Canadian tour gets reorganized, rescheduled, yeah. and we can hang out face-to-face. It's been far too long. Yeah, yeah, I think it's been far too long as well. And I mean, it's that tour is a, it's a great fucking tour. Absolutely, so, yeah. For many reasons, I hope that everything will work out with that one. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Cheers, brother. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. I had such a good time chatting with Frederick. I love him. As I mentioned, he is just such a talented, focused vocalist. So good on stage. So great on record. Just a powerhouse of a vocalist and an absolute powerhouse of a band. If you do not know who Surruption is and you've been living under a rock, please go check them out because they're one of the most underrated extreme tech metal bands out there right now. Much love, respect to Frederick and the rest of the Surruption crew. I love you all and I can't wait to tour with you again. I hope that you guys have a good rest of the week. I'll be back at you with two more episodes this week, one on Wednesday and another on Friday. But until then, remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hopsheads. Hey, this is Chris Swinney, formerly of the Ataris and currently host of That One Time on Tour, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Have you ever wondered what it's really like on the road? The highs can be euphoric, but the lows can be crushing. Join me every week as I chat with industry pros about what it's like living out their wildest dream and in some cases, their worst nightmare. Past guests of the show include members of NoFX, Pennywise, Bad Religion, and more. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com.